Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. Sometimes in life, you feel the fight is over, and it seems as though the writing's on the wall. Superstar, you finally made it, but once your picture becomes tainted, it's what they call the rise and fall. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of New Kids on the Block. That, of course, was the very famous song by Craig David called Rise and Fall. He, of course, wrote that for the Crypto Network uh, because it is up and down uh, over the course of the past week, consolidating. I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Yidu. Yidu, how are you doing tonight? I'm feeling good. Um, nice intro, as always, Fody. I love how you are able to um, quote something that sounds very uh, philosophical, but also very applicable for the market right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do my best. I do what I can. You know, people come here for the uh, for the insights from you and the uh, nonsense from me. So we'll, we'll keep that on brand. <laughs> How's everything been since the last time we spoke? Uh, it's been good. It's, uh, I feel a little woeful coming back to to where I am uh, from New York after meeting you in person. I definitely miss the, the hospitality as well as the, the fun of, you know, recording the pod live in person with you. Yeah, apologies to all our listeners that were used to a nicer sound quality. We can't promise that going forward, uh, you know, out of that studio uh, system that we had. The, uh, the bar was set very high. I'm afraid very, very disappointed. <laughs> How was the trip back to Canada, by the way? Did you make it back okay? Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's a little frigid here, as you can tell. Uh, but you know, it's been fun coming back to Canada. No, I'm just kidding. I don't live in Canada. That, of course, is a is a running joke. We have um, we have a, a great uh, fan of the pod on Twitter who's asking us who, which one of us lives in Canada, uh, due to the fact that we we spoke an exorbitant amount about poutine a couple weeks back. And, oh, uh, that's why he said I it. Think I think so. I think that's why people think we're from Canada. We we do enjoy our friends up there, but uh, no, we're we're uh, we're Yanks and Yank transplants. Right? So. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Uh, we, you know, good to hear people are enjoying the show, and yeah, definitely let us know what you think. You know, in addition to our your guess, our nationality, what do you think about the crypto market and how do, how we can improve? Yeah, always all years for that. Absolutely, absolutely. So you do, um, you know, j- just jumping into it this week. Should we get into uh, kind of our first segment of the night? What do you think? Let's go for it. All right, everyone. Welcome to the weekly roundup. All right. So jumping into the weekly roundup here um, this week. It's been an interesting week. Obviously, we've seen. On Monday, all-time highs for both Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, and then a, a sharp correction. Uh, we're recording um, Thursday, November 11th, so uh, the market's obviously been been a little bit up and down volatility-wise. You uh, did you expect this? What's your oracle call on uh, on <laughs> the all-time highs? Yeah, I think for for Bitcoin, uh, what we were seeing in the past two days is this very sharp dip uh, within a very short period of time. Um, usually when things like that happen, uh, it's due to what I call it, the leveraging of the market. Uh, as we know, you know, we're in a bull market. 
the all the boats are very happy, sometimes a little bit over overzealous. And uh, that's what happens. Right? When people are overly bullish about things, they tend to add on their longs, their longing, longing on their longs, so to speak. And uh, specifically, we're looking at people probably like adding like 10, 10, 10x margins on their trades. And some of that got liquidated uh, in this past uh, correction that just happened. So I'm not really surprised, you know, whenever there's like over, if you look at the funding rate, it gets like overly uh, positive. That's a, that's a sign of the market uh, being uh, really optimistic, and at least in the short run, um, that, you know, I'm not too concerned in the long term. I don't think the structure has been broken. We're still, we're still at 64 right now. Um, I do want to see a little bit of strength um, coming out coming out of this week. Ideally, I would want us to close uh, back up 65K uh, in order to, to keep the bull run going. Um, but, you know, you never know big, with Bitcoin, right? It could go... You know, it could like fade you anytime, any day. So I would never, um, right. you know, bet against Bitcoin or anything. But yeah, definitely um, be cautious with your with your margins. You know, lower your margins if you're margin trading. Um, don't don't be, um, <laughs> you know, too ambitious with your calls. And you know, for me personally, I'm just holding spot. I'm not margin trading or anything because I do believe we need correction, minor corrections like this, in order to go back up. Right. So um, I want to talk about margin trading in a second. I think the interesting thing is that only about 13% of the Bitcoin supply is actually on exchanges. Um, that's according to kind of Glassnode, which I think we referenced in a previous podcast, right, where you can actually mm-hmm. see the on-chain analysis and, um, and kind of where, um, you know, the various coins are based on, um, based on addresses and things like that that are out there. So um, I think people are holding tight since August, which is probably a sign that investors think the price is going to con- continue to climb. Right. Uh, but um, kind of just uh, taking a quick step back, um, you know, we haven't really talked about margin trading too much. I think we referenced it in the past um, because we're both kind of, you know, yourself familiar with, with, with crypto, myself, you know, have, have a background in, in, you know, finance to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um what is margin trading for the average person? Yeah, absolutely. I think the simplest way to explain that is you're basically borrowing money to uh, add to your position. Um, so if you're, um, uh, let's say you're on 1x or 2x margin trade, uh, that means you're you're borrowing um, 100% of your money to, uh, to add to your loans, right? So whether it's a margin long or margin short, depends on uh, where where you are um, in the market and um, you can yeah you can either go long or you can go short but most of the time if you're doing like a margin long uh, you can do anywhere between I think one one X and 100x or even higher in some uh, more degen um, uh, exchanges but I believe in the US uh, the most recent law requires you to to does to not to not go over five uh, x of your loans, meaning that if you go anywhere beyond that, uh, the trade will not go through. So it's just another way to like lever up uh, to if you have convinced you have conviction about your trade, you can lever up in order to maximize your gains. However, um, the downside of that is is basically um, you know if you get you can get levered up and then the price moves sharply within a short period of time, you could get liquidated, meaning that all of your, your, your money, including your principal, could could be lost. 
Got it. So a hypothetical out there, let's say I'm on Coinbase Pro, right? And I want to do it, you know, I want to short something, meaning that I think the price of, of Bitcoin is going to drop to a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. How do I actually make money on that? Do I, like based on, based on where I think the price is going to go, do I make the difference in kind of the call from where I think it's going to go to the right. current price or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not sure whether you can short on Coinbase Pro. I haven't checked in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Last time, usually I don't really short Bitcoin. But if I do, uh, I would do it on Kraken. Uh, I think that's one of the only exchanges in the U.S. Um, that legally allows you to do that. Um, but to right. answer your question, um, I think if you, let's say, uh, if we're at, what, 60, 64K on Bitcoin right now, and if you short Bitcoin at, uh, let's say, 60 uh, and then you pay a uh, amount, I don't know, like a thousand dollars for it. And uh, if you short it, unless if the pri- price of Bitcoin uh, within 30 days, for example, it, it falls back to 260, uh, you will be able to um, basically win on that trade, right? You'll be able to to get the money, uh, get the money back. Uh, however, if the money, uh, if the, the price of Bitcoin uh, goes above that, Let's say uh, it was at sixty-two or sixty-three. Uh, you will not um, basically you lose on that trade, right? You will, you will lose the the money you're putting for that short. And that's what is called liquidation, right? That's is that the term when you lose out on that? You liquidate your position, right? Yeah, I think I think that's that's the term for both shorts and longs. Yes, it's a little trading one hundred and one for you for you folks out there. You know, we're just trying to try to draw some knowledge. <laughs> you know, trying to do that. So so yeah, so we um, we talked. To, we were you know obviously Bitcoin and Ethereum both hit all time highs. Now they you know they dropped. Uh, I think I think there was about a fifteen percent correction on Bitcoin. Um, or 10, 10% or so correction on Bitcoin. It's hovering around 64,500 right now, mm-hmm. um, down from 68. Um, and then, you know, there's been some explosion in some other um, types of uh, projects that are out there. I think one that um, you personally have seen a little bit of a gainfall uh, or windfall from, the Ethereum name service. You want to uh, talk about that uh, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ethereum name services or ENS is a project that's been around um, since 2017. And uh, the idea is think about your traditional um, domain name services uh, like GoDaddy.com, for example. Um, uh, The difference being that, you know, instead of like a central company controlling all of the domain names, uh, ENS uh, allows users to uh, be able to, you know, first of all, choose their own domain, uh, but also everything is being managed in a decentralized manner. So ENS has a has their own foundation, uh, which manages the all the domain names that's being registered. So yeah, I mean, I think it started out as a um, kind of a small project, but really developed quickly in over the past few years. And um, personally, I just out of curiosity, I, I participated and registered. Um, just one domain name uh, i guess like a few months ago uh, i did that just as just for fun to be honest i didn't expect any sort of benefits coming out of it uh, but recently um just you know purely you know it's like windfall is the right term right they started this air, airdrop to all the existing users of ens um, and everyone who has a uh, registered ens domain name um, 
got airdropped and based on the amount of time, uh, the amount of registration uh, expiration date they put on their registration, uh, they got a corresponding amount of, of tokens. So yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get a, a good amount of, of tokens from their airdrop. Um, totally unexpected, but you know it was nice to to get rewarded for early participation. You fell into a pile of shit, is what we call it in the uh, in the industry. There, it's uh, it's a nice uh, unexpected gain. I think um, airdrops is something that we haven't really talked about on the pod before, but it might mm-hmm. be interesting for folks. Um, you know, there are various different types of networks and projects that are out there that um, basically release their own their own coins, right, for for mm-hmm. governance or for utility on the platforms that they're leveraging and. Based on um, the tokenomics, which is essentially, um, you know, the treasury that they maintain and how many coins are going to go to investors and how many coins they're going to buy back and how, they, how they're going to release, um, you know, their coins over, a, you know, five or 10 year period, etc. Uh, some are even longer, like 30 years, I think. Um, you know, you will, um, you know, that, that coin goes into the marketplace and is attributed a certain amount of value and mm-hmm. airdrops are actually a thing that uh, benefit a, uh, a just a user of that project right so just for participating in the in these kind of new and up and coming or in this case ens has been around for a while uh, but for participating in that project you basically get free money right absolutely i think this is the key trait of web3 compared to web2 um, you know, in traditional Web two, you know, people are kind of like at the mercy of the companies um, they they work with, right? Like Facebook, Google, they they have never like we I've been using Facebook for almost like I don't know twelve years. I have never been rewarded for using Facebook. Um, however, I've only registered ENS for five months, and they just airdropped me a shitload of coins. And if you don't know, like ENS is trading at $60 today. At some point yesterday, it was almost trading at $80. So, and I'm, I'm not like the biggest backholders of ENS. I've seen people who are, who've been using it for a while or have like used some other additional features on it. And they ended up getting like a five figure airdrop just in one fell swoop. And imagine like being a user for five months and getting rewarded for a five figure airdrop. And that's unimaginable in, in traditional Web two world, and this is really you know where things starting to diverge in Web three, where the users are being rewarded for participating early and often uh, with these protocols, and by interacting with these protocols, they get financial rewards, which you know further um, kind of enhances the the user protocol relationship, um, build the user community. And so more and more people will, will start to buy into it. So it fostered this like, you know, virtuous cycle um, in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great synopsis there. And, you know, the only, I think, correction that I'm going to make is that uh, for all the listeners out there, when you do said that he didn't actually get anything from Facebook, um, he got, uh, you know, wonderful friendships and uh, probably some some pokes from from some nice ladies back in his college days. Uh, <laughs> I remember when poking was a thing. Yeah. So. Oh my goodness. So wh- where can where can people go to like figure out or get a, like lean into kind of where air, airdrops are gonna happen? I think that's the yeah. biggest trouble that I have. Right. Yeah. Just, um, figuring I think, out. What I, think, I think that's that's the probably the I don't want to call it a million dollar question, but definitely a thousand dollar question. Um, I think. 
probably looking at the history uh, is a good good way to go about it. I know in the past, um, one of the biggest airdrops that happened last year was the the Uniswap airdrop, and their airdrop was the kind of the pioneer of all airdrops, right? Basically, Uni um, decided to to reward to all of these early users back in uh, early 2020, um, and basically airdropped a lot of tokens to them, and um, some of them, you know, were able to cash in immediately, and if you're you're you have diamond hand, diamond hands. You were able to to save those tokens until now. You probably would have had like a ten x by this point. So definitely, like exchanges or centralized exchange protocols would be a good start. And uh, earlier this year, similarly, DYDX, uh, which is a der- derivative trading platform, um, also um, airdropped a lot of tokens to its early users. And I I missed out on that one. I'm still. <laughs> lamenting that until this day but you know if you if you're early if you if there's a platform that you're um familiar with or you you know like um you're, you're comfortable with definitely try to to interact with the protocol uh just putting a little bit of a little bit of money just so you have you know you have proof that okay i've worked with this, pro- this protocol before and um so that you know later on when they when they're starting to do these kind of airdrops you'll be qualified for it so yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, like personally, I'm I'm watching out for all the like the layer two um, platforms like Arbitrum, Optimism. Um, I think these are very likely candidates for airdrops in the future. Um, and anything that has like um, like a web free component to it uh, are also very likely to have airdrops. And last but not least, your your wallets like MetaMask is rumored to have a airdrop very soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if they do, considering you know how much how big of a user base and how much money they have raked in from the transaction fees. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 MetaMask or other wallets um, providers started to to have airdrops very soon. Yeah, and MetaMask should should do the right thing and just uh, give us rewards based on the amount of gas fees that we paid on the Ethereum network. That's <laughs> the only fair way to do it, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I, actually, yeah. Let me clarify that so when i say that i don't mean like metamax doesn't collect the the gas fees directly but uh they do have some sort of swapping fees feature you know which takes a bit of a cut from the users right i think that's their their main um profit income but to your point yes you know just the the user user experience of metamax has been atrocious (laughs) i'm just put it out there so i think we 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 deserve some airdrops from them okay if you're hearing metamax thanks a lot vitalik wherever you are sitting on your pile of gold uh of course vitalik vitarin who's the uh the creator of one of the co-founders of ethereum um Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think that was that was a good uh, little synopsis. I think our weekly roundup kind of turned into basically the main pod. So let's just keep it rolling. I guess mm-hmm. you know that's how we do it here. Um, well, uh, we, we talked a little bit about Bitcoin earlier. I think uh, another interesting piece of news is that Bitcoin's long-awaited Taproot update will occur uh, hopefully on Saturday, which is going to be the activation date. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a a mechanism to uh, improve Bitcoin's capacity for scripting. Um, so bringing it in line with some of the competing blockchains out there like Ethereum, Solana, et cetera, right? So, so it's a, a mechanism to do smart contract-like use cases um, yeah. on, on Bitcoin. I mean, you, is there a utility on the horizon for Bitcoin? What is this? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I will kind of um, caveat this by saying that I'm in no way like a Bitcoin uh, technical expert, and um, I haven't been paying too much attention to the Bitcoin development world world because um, frankly there are, there aren't too much <laughs> up until today. Um, I think the last big technology technical improvement we have had is goes back to the soft fork um, early. I think it was 2017 uh, when we had that um, um, Bitcoin Cash um, fork, and that was the last big change. And, and then there was the, the kind of the block size war between the um, the big big block folks versus the the small small block folks, uh, which resulted in the in the hard fork of um, Bitcoin Cash. So ever since then, we haven't had too much of a, of a change. Um, I think the um, one of probably this is. The taproot is one of the largest technical change that has ever happened to Bitcoin. So which is why it's important, right? So basically the idea is to to help to Bitcoin to be able to scale better and also um, adding more privacy to it. I think that's one of the main um, concerns, right? Like of, of all the talks with, with Bitcoin um, being like transparent, sometimes you sacrifice a little bit of privacy, right? Let's say if I... I send you some coins today, Fody. Uh, theoretically, you can track all of my transaction history in the past five years. Um, I think it's fine, you know, between yeah, no, you and me. I know, <laughs> I know everything that you're doing. Yeah, yeah you've you've known all of my dirty little secrets. Um, no, but like, I don't want to do that with any strangers, right? Like, what if I want to transact with another um, person who I've never met in my life? Um, you know, that's not quite ideal. You so, want an abstraction, right? You want a layer of abstraction between between you and you know a, a random out there, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that's that's the one of the key tenets uh, underneath Taproot is to add a little bit of privacy or secrecy uh, into the transactions. So yeah, that's to my and and the third thing is you mentioned a smart contract, um, and to me that's a little bit um, far fetched in the sense that. Like Ethereum is is the is the original smart contract um, network, right? Like uh, smart contract is based on Ethereum, and it does the best on Ethereum. So I'm not sure like how is that gonna work um, on Bitcoin. Maybe it's going to work, but I just feel like if anything, it's a little bit late to the game. Um, like we already have um, I don't know hundreds of billions of of transactions or total value locked on Ethereum using smart contracts. Um, is Bitcoin going to to catch up on that? Like Bitcoin, to me, is just a store of value, right? It's supposed to be digital gold. Um, that's you know, it's not meant for like day to day transactions or operations. So maybe smart contract is gonna add to another dimension to it. But I just feel like that might not be, in my opinion, it's not the the biggest selling point of Taproot. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think uh, you know, nice to have, right? But I don't think that's that's really what people invest in uh, in Bitcoin for in the first mm-hmm. place. So completely agree with you there. Okay, moving on. Uh, another piece of news. Um, we've been we waxed uh, poetic uh, last week about the metaverse. Have you heard about Universal forming a metaverse band called Kingship, based on um, John McNellis's uh, Board Ape Yacht Club um, and some of his uh, his collection there? So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, the I, first band that's that's actually uh, you know set to 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 cut a rug in the in the metaverse. That's really cool. I actually I heard something 
um, during during my time at the NYT conference, but I haven't really dug into it. Um, tell me more. Yeah, so it looks like Universal um, has kind of a new label. Um, so Universal's label, um, they have a uh, there's a band manager called Nicholas Adler who is also the manager for Snoop Dogg, who is a very famous uh, NFT collector as well. Mm -hmm. And um, Universal really, really uh, approached him as, as a representative initially uh, about creating a project around the Board Ape Yacht Club. Obviously, it's kind of like the, the beachhead for the NFT world out there. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a band out there that's called Kingship, and um, they are going to be taking on um jimmy jimmy mcnellis's um board apes i think he recently sold one on sotheby's i think uh for 3.4 million dollars right so he's kind of yeah. at the peak of the of the board apes um and they're de the developing personalities around them nft drops are, um around the band and um they said that there's also a potential for them to perform in real life i don't know how the hell they're gonna manage that but <laughs> Um, it's just uh, another twist in the metaverse, uh, you know, uh, crazy cobweb that we're seeing. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So I remember last week you asked me about my my favorite parties uh, at the during the NYT uh, NFT conference. I mentioned the people party. I think it was remiss of me to not mention the board board ape yacht party, <laughs> which literally happened on the yacht. Um, that was super awesome. And the fact that, you know, this, this came up to me is a, what I call like from off on chain to off chain, right? We were, we're literally taking what's happening on, on chain. Like, you know, you have your board ape. Uh, if you have a board ape, you are entitled to these offline or off chain activities or parties, which is super awesome. Like we're literally seeing like the, like the metaverse transferring, um, between, on chain and, and in IRL. So yeah, I'm personally very excited for this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, I guess last piece of news in the roundup that I want to talk about is SpaceX. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, you do, but they have a Dogecoin funded. So first of all, it's not a podcast. If we don't talk about one of those dumbass coins, right? So, so let's, of course so let's, you know, you got to bring at least the Doge back into the picture. So SpaceX, obviously Elon Musk, big Doge maxi out there, um, <laughs> who has a Dogecoin funded Doge one mission set to launch in Q1 of 2022. So um, that's a, 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 a SpaceX launching a satellite to the moon. I shit you not, folks. He's launching a Doge satellite to the moon uh, <laughs> to pump maybe another couple billion into his coffers. I imagine that Doge is going to pump uh, right around the time of this. But uh, you know, uh, you know the the rally for Doge, um, you know, is 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 well upon us. You do. Are you excited I, for for the Doge satellite? I I, I have to say yes, but only because to me it's very entertaining like i think elon Musk said it himself right that the most entertaining outcome is the most likely one and i think he really is living up to that i think he, he's literally treating this world this this investing uh or crypto world as as, as a game right he just want to see the most unlikely outcome to become true and then we can all laugh about it 
personally, I, I think, yeah, I mean, Dogecoin, it's always going to be there as, as one of the greatest community or the broadest community, I should say, um, in the crypto world. Um, there will be a bunch of people who will tell you, I will never never sell Dogecoin. Um, you can, you know, take a page from Doge, Dogecoin Millionaire, who was one of the biggest you know proponents of the coins and he told us he basically told everyone that he's never gonna sell dogecoin which i have a lot of respect for him but at the same time um i'm just you know i'm not sure whether that's what's gonna keep you know bringing more values into the system like mm -hmm. i understand um retail investors love investing into into dogecoin shiba whatever but at the same time, maybe it's just the snobby side of me say, uh, I would rather put my money into something more long lasting. Yeah, so not financial advice, folks, but don't don't ever listen to that guy, right? Um, he, uh, you know, sell sell whatever you can, take profits when you can. It's the bull market, right? Um, don't look for the yacht when you can you can you know put a down payment on your house or mm -hmm. you know, take take your healthy profits. And, and move on right prepare for the next one so yeah it's just so like like frothy right like we were talking about um doge there's shiba there's 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 also what's the other one called a baby doge there's ki, ki uh what's the third there's Floki like four floki inu thank you Floki. that's another one yeah. yeah it never ends like every single day there's a new dot coin coming out i'm just i'm just a little tired <laughs> i know you're a big fan of it but Corgi cone. I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of the phenomenon itself, right? Um, because it's like a really, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a social scientist over here, so I think mm -hmm. it, it's it's like a fascinating thing that people are trying to become millionaires, pumping these really really dumb things, um, right? And that it works, <laughs> like like it's so it dumb, does. but it yeah. works um, for some people, and then a lot of other people get wrecked and. We just don't want our dear listeners to get wrecked. So, yeah, uh, just be careful out there. Be careful out there. All right. I think uh, we're about 30 minutes in. That is it for the weekly roundup. Thank you very much. Thank you, Fody. Okay. So, uh, I think. Um, that was good kind of just uh, update on everything that's going on out there. I think there's a new segment that I want to introduce and, uh, you know, me for, for a little insight into kind of the, the sausage making behind the podcast, me and you do typically do like a pre-meeting and we talk about the things that we're going to discuss. And then I, there's always something that I want to talk about, but I don't tell him about because <laughs> I just want to completely catch him off guard because that is what life is all about. A little bit of chaos. So Keep me on my toes. Keep you on your toes. So you, <laughs> I'm sure he loves me, folks. Uh, so you do. Um, you know, one of the, I guess, the new segments that I want to talk about is just uh, ampersand expletive things that have gone wrong uh, for us this week. So <laughs> there's been some things that have gone wrong uh, for you. There's been some things that have gone wrong for me. And maybe it'll be just helpful for folks to kind of hear about not only the Oh, we make money out there in moonbags, but also, right. hey, we do dumb shit too, and you know, don't do dumb shit like us. So, yeah, you want me to start, or do you want to start? Why? Why do I start? I feel like okay. I already um, fomoed the listeners with my um, ENS airdrop story, so mm -hmm. it's only balanced if I balanced it out with my um, <laughs> my fat finger story of the week. So, 
basically I made a mistake <laughs> and that was a very stupid mistake. Uh, I was trying to to move some coins around the other day for a uh, investment opportunity and um, I was trying to move some some of my ETH on this is not ETH on the mainnet but ETH on the BSC network or Binance Smart Chain network over to the mainnet. And um, while I was doing that, I was creating a new wallet um, in order to kind of hide my identity. And it's not because of, you know, I'm doing some illicit stuff, but just because I have a little bit of privacy. Speaking of privacy uh, on Bitcoin, uh, I think Ethereum is dealing with the same issue, right? If you have right. a wallet that has been transacted in the past, you're basically doxxed for life. So I was trying to create a new wallet in order to uh, have a little bit of privacy and while I was doing that, because it was the Ethereum contract on the on the BSC network, it was not populating in, Meta, in MetaMask by default. So I would have to um, copy and paste the the ETH contract number from Coin Market Cap over in order to uh, import the contract address. So while I was doing that, I was also doing the transfer from the BSC network into the mainnet. And I was exhausted. I had a long day yesterday at work. And while I was doing it, I accidentally copied the ETH contract address as the recipient address into MetaMask. And before I, I, I even double checked, I clicked send. Um, and of course, that money just went straight to the ETH contract instead of my intended ETH wallet, which belongs to me. So there you go. So I, I just, you know, you know, wasted. Um, um, you know, not a, not a insignificant insignificant amount of ETH uh, during that transaction, and you know, basically send them send some money to the Ethereum God. There is no insignificant amount of Ethereum. I think we all know that <laughs> at this point. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, so, so. You know, just to just to recap, basically what you did was you took the Ethereum kind of contract address and you sent them a shitload of money uh, for. Uh, reasons that can only be explained by a lack of coffee, probably, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think it's probably, I got, I don't know, my karma has, has kind of, knowing that I, I've gained some money from the airdrop, you know, we have to balance things out. So Right, right. <laughs> Somehow. Yep, yep. The scales of life. I, yeah. As a Libra, I know that one too well. <laughs> um, Jupiter is in retrograde, I think. Yeah, but I, I guess yeah. one lesson I've learned from that is that, like, no matter how, how I guess um, proficient you are. Like I consider myself pretty proficient with these type of operations. I've been doing this for for four or five years now. Like it's never you can't never be too careful when it comes to sending money back and forth. You know, not only to yourself but also to 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 a third party. Right. Like keep in mind this is a completely decentralized. Um, you know, none. There's no third party trying to reverse things for it. This is not a bank where you, oh, I just fat finger some money, send me back the money. Uh, nobody's going to do that. You're working with a decentralized environment, so anything you do, most 99% of time is irreversible. You know, there might be some central exchanges which can help you recover the funds, but if we're talking about a truly decentralized world you are in control of your own money. Like you're responsible for every single decision, every click you make. So definitely do not, you know, double check, triple check. I'm going to say this to myself 300 times every time, every time I make a transaction in the future. So you can't be too careful with that.
Yeah, luckily, I think that like people are kind of getting used to this type of technology, at least um, not necessarily with crypto, but if you use anything like Zelle or Venmo, et cetera, out there, you know, once you send that money, right, you can't, you can't recoup that money unless you get that person to agree to send it back to you. So, I mean, crypto transactions are effectively the same way. So, um, yeah, that's, that is tragic and heartbreaking. And I hope you do recover with a nice, uh, airdrop to, to fatten your wallets again. There you do. Uh, yeah. I would have to make it all back in my next trade. That's the hey, meme. I'm sure you will. Yes. Always chasing that dragon. Okay. So, um, my kind of shit that went wrong, I've, I've been talking about, um, you know, a gas war that I got into last weekend trying to mint an NFT because, you know, I think that that's a good idea and, and a, a good, fun thing to do. Um, but another another uh, kind of project that I was talking about was called the Shikai. Um, I had, you know, bought a ticket for it and I was kind of um, waxing lyrical about all that. And that project did not sell out. Um, so, yeah. So what that means for, for average folks, when you take part of a mint for a project, and you buy into that project, you're hoping that it sells out immediately because that means that there's enough interest in the project um, so that there's some intrinsic value associated to the NFTs that you purchased. In this case, not so much. I think only about half of the supply actually um, sold. Um, so the, the kind of the creators of the project decided to, to cut down on the supply, um, the overall supply of of the um, the project itself, mm -hmm. um, and they were trying to mint some, you know, to try, trying to get a couple more stragglers in to mint. Um, but just in general, uh, it seems like a giant waste of about a thousand bucks. So, um, I mean, it's it's not necessarily like a fat finger where I feel kind of really silly, but also it's silly because you're, we're speculating again on the, on some of these NFT projects, right, hoping right. that some of them will pop. And in this case, it ain't looking too good for me on that one. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that, um, I've, I've seen in the past, like you either for any, any NFT project, you either like, you know, fighting a gas war, or you can't get, you can't find out, you can't mint anything, or in this case, uh, I wouldn't, uh, it didn't pick up enough uh, momentum to be able to really, um, you know, kind of have a great starting of the project. But I guess we live and learn, right? Like at least you yeah. now you now, now you've lived on both both sides of the the spectrum uh, at least for once. So yeah. next time, hopefully, you'll find something in between that that works well. Yeah, and I think I think it's probably a good like opportunity to say that like you know do your own research. You know, like sometimes. You know, there's social media. I follow a lot of influencers on TikTok and, you know, you get promoted and showed these various projects and various coins and you think, oh, you know, that's going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I seem to be finding that the types of projects that I am more interested in now have a lot of technical analysis behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, not so much in the NFT world. Right. Because that's more indicative of how many followers they have on Twitter and what the yeah. discord of like but even from a coin perspective right like do your own research out there because you will get wrecked by people that are getting paid to get mm -hmm. you wrecked, right so that's that's so important lesson like i think that's something uh we should emphasize like you can you can't do a technical analysis on the you can't chart a nft 
like you have to you can you can only look at the community um like but even that there could be some um ways to manipulate the community if you will like i've seen people like hiring people to to be part of the discord and just to like drum up the 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 influence or or the interest within the within discord and in reality you know if you look at like a 4000 people discord there's only like 2000 people who are actually real so yeah i mean people are getting smarter and smarter so are the the projects um who are trying to to launch an nft so definitely you want to be especially you know given that we're in a uh, kind of a mini bear market for nfts uh you want to be very careful for for you decide to mint yep there's charlatan and sh charlatans and shillers everywhere folks so absolutely uh, it's the wild wild west so uh so stay safe out there um yeah you do uh anything else you want to kind of talk about this week um yeah i think the only other thing i want to talk about is kind of the overall sentiment or i guess the strategy for for the remainder of the the bull market um we already talked about you know where bitcoin and, and eth are in terms of the, the trade from the trading perspective um i want to talk a little bit more about like from the overall portfolio management perspective how should we treat uh the rest of the bull market so personally i think we are if you compare this to like a baseball game, I think we're maybe in the the top seventh inning of the ball game. So we're not quite there yet, but you know we're getting close to the to the climax of the market. So what I'm starting to do is to kind of start to take less and less risks. Uh, what I mean by that is is I'm not I'm not really adding to my position. I just let my existing position to grow um, based on the market growth. Um, I'm not like, I'm not doing too much liquid mining, uh, LP mining by this point. Um, I've only, I'm only doing a little bit of uh, mining on Avalanche chain, uh, because the gas fee is low and it's fast, but even there, I'm only doing some sort of single, uh, single asset mining or stable coin based mining, uh, meaning that I'm not exposing myself to the risks of, um, violent price actions, right? Cause either way, if, if the price goes up significantly, in a in an LP like a two coin LP mining, you might lose lose money. So I'm I'm not gonna expose myself knowing that I'm expecting the, the coins price to go up. So I'm doing a bit of that. Uh, I still hold my Bitcoin and ETH. Um, I do have like a very small a very small portion of my portfolio focusing on uh, small cap coins. So this could be really your 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 flavor of the month, right? It could be anything. It could be your your Shiba. It could be your your favorite Santa coin. Or anything you know that that tickles your fancy, and this is where um, you basically let your imagination run free in the shitcoin wonderland and do whatever you want. Oh, and, I do. Oh, oh I, do. I, I, <laughs> I know you do. So yeah, I mean that's kind of my my position going into the I call that the final third of this this bulk market, and mm -hmm. yeah, the expectation is that we, we're we're gonna see some. I think we're gonna see some pretty crazy run up. So I do want to leave a little bit of um 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 I guess you know wiggle room you know if if when things pull back I still have a little bit of um cash on the sideline to buy the dip but other than that I don't expect uh, I don't expect to any add any more position at this point. I got you. Yeah. So um you know the the market the, the whole crypto market surpassed three trillion dollars right uh, uh -huh. the other day I think it 
you know, people took some profits and it came back down a little bit. But I think that's what, from a technical analysis perspective, that's what some investors were looking for to see, right? If it, if it surpassed that three trillion mark, you know, maybe we'll see another trillion, trillion and a half, right? So that that folks that are holding their positions could come and mm. and make some money. Um, the the one piece of advice, or at least the way that I'm doing my investing right now, is is portfolio percentages, mm-hmm. right? So determine what your total budget is um, for your crypto uh, kind of portfolio. And then from there, allocate based on that, right? So, you know, it's 25% of this, 10% of that, 25% of that, and stay rigid to that, like stay disciplined within whatever that, that kind of uh, percentages and don't FOMO into coins, right? Um, If you, if you like something else out there, rotate out of some certain positions by a little bit and, and use the, use the proceeds to then go and grab something else. So um, you know, not financial advice. That's just my personal advice. Again, this is mm-hmm. for educational and, you know, mostly, uh, entertainment purposes, at least for <laughs> and you do. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that that should be it. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, maybe we'll get another pod if we have some time, um, out during the weekend, if anything monumental happens, stay safe out there, space cowboys. We will catch you next week. Thank you. You do. All right, thank you, Fody. Take care, everybody. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to Tony.